This um, summer marked a sort of epoch, end of an era for Anne and I. And um, to be honest, it had taken me probably about 18 months to finally bite the bullet, draw a line under our camping days. <laughs> for all those who hate camping, you're thinking, how did you manage to do it for so long? Um, and we, it was sort of kind of shown by this selling of our beloved trailer tent, okay? Um, finally, someone genuinely, if you've ever tried to sell on Gumtree, you'll know what I'm talking about. Somebody genuinely responded to my Gumtree advert. <laughs> and with no little sadness, we waved goodbye. Uh, not so much to our full birth Conway, <clears throat> but a whole lifetime of sort of fond memories camping out with our family. Camping was what we did as a family for holidays. Both here and abroad, uh, we have sort of hundreds of photos uh, to show for it. All the family has hours of tales which they recount at the slightest provocation. Uh, the tale of Steve bouncing on the bed and snapping it in two as we arrived in France after a long, tiring journey. Uh, <clears throat> cars overheating, needing to uh, drive for miles in the hot sun with the heater full on. Have you ever done that? If you ever heat in a car, that's what to do. Put your heater full on and you're sitting there scorching. Uh, getting rained out and needing to pack up early. That happened a few times. And not least of all, tales of dad snoring. <laughs> the trailer tent was symbolic in many ways of those joyous occasions. Times of hardship and simplicity overcome with faith, joy and determination. And in a similar way, we see now, we're going to look at this passage. We're working through the book of Nehemiah uh, in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at Nehemiah and the people of God. And um, they, um, just to, to, to recap this point, um, they've come out of a terrible time uh, in captivity. They've been captive to a foreign nation, okay, um, slaves in a foreign nation for 70 years, and they have returned home to their homeland. And uh, they're kind of, in some ways, they're joyous, but also sort of demoralized, I guess, from all that length of time. Um, and we're going to pick it up today uh, in Nehemiah 8. Um, I'm actually going to be skipping to the end of the passage this week. Next week, we'll see uh, that Ezra the the priest begins to read out of the book of the law that had been sort of hidden away for far too long. And uh, basically, he starts to read it publicly. And they start to hear, gosh, that's what was happening. And one of the things he starts talking about is that they realize that there's this feast of booths, okay, or tabernacles, okay, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it in a moment, um, that was commanded by Moses, and they actually hadn't celebrated it for decades and decades and decades. Um, in fact, since the time of Joshua. Okay. Um, I'm going to read two passages. One is Nehemiah 8, and then I'm going to go on to Deuteronomy 16, which is sort of 
I guess probably the kind of the passage that was written out, that were read out at that time. Okay, so here we go. They found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the sons of Israel should live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and circulated a proclamation in all of their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the hills and bring olive branches to make booths, as it is written. So the people went out, and they brought them and made booths for themselves, each on his roof and in their courts, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square of the water gate, and in the square. And the entire assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in them. And the sons of Israel had indeed not done so from the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, to that day. And there was great rejoicing. Do you get that picture? Sort of um, these kind of uh, olive branches kind of stacked up. I was thinking about sort of bringing some olive branches or, or some kind of branches, but I thought, no, no, let's not do that. Uh, but, you know, you, <coughs> you, you, you've got to use your imagination, okay? So these kind of slightly unusual thing to kind of make this thing which they would sleep under, okay? Deuteronomy 16, we'll read um, sort of the original bit of this. So, you shall celebrate the Feast of Booths seven days after you've gathered in from your threshing floor and your wine vat, and you shall rejoice in your feast, you your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite and the stranger and the orphan and the widow who are in your towns. Seven days you shall celebrate a feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands, so that you will be altogether joyful. You might say, I've never heard this thing about Feast of Booths before, Matthew. Um, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. Okay, so the Feast of Booths was a, a yearly festival um, to mainly remember what it was like for their forefathers coming out of Egypt, okay, and God basically providing for them in the wilderness, God's kind of care for them. So they were remembering that. They were rejoicing in the God provider, Okay, they'd gather these olive branches and literally camp out on their rooftops and courtyards for seven days plus an extra day. And it was held at the same time each year on the seventh month at the end of the olive or grape harvest. Okay, uh, and it reminded them of God's goodness and thankfulness. There was loads of animals that were sacrificed. Okay, over the course of the week, and there was also this special meal that we hear about in Deuteronomy. Uh, that was held for the needy, um, for the widow and the orphan and the stranger. Uh, and another sort of feature of this, uh, which we'll look at a little bit more in the New Testament in a second, um, was that there was an awful lot of water poured out. Okay, so there was this kind of, they, they took these huge kind of vats uh, and pitchers of water and they poured them out in a sort of ceremonial way. And there was lots of this water that was kind of flowing out, uh, probably, um, probably about kind of Moses hitting the rock and the kind of the provision of water in the desert. So this was this kind of water pouring out. So they were kind of remembering. So they, they tended to do things that tended to remind them about something that happened earlier on. Can you think of something like that we do, that we sort of do that reminds us of something that happened earlier on? 
like what we've just had, like <laughs> bread and wine, okay, reminds us of that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're celebrating that Jesus gave his life, uh, breaking bread, his body being broken, his blood being poured out, we're drinking the wine. You know, that's, it's the same thing. That's what we're doing. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And this was a, such a thing, which they were pouring out the water, remembering, oh yeah, you provided, you provided for the children of Israel, and yeah, these booths that were kind of made, and you looked after them, and you, you, you kept them, and you know, there was all those kind of things that they, they tended to kind of, yeah, we need to, we need to get back to that. So here were these people that had come back from captivity in Nehemiah's day, that were like, we need to get hold of this again. We need to kind of understand, what's this really about? And let's remember again. Yeah, let's, let's rejoice. And just look at it there again. It's just exciting that both passages in Nehemiah and in Deuteronomy end with rejoicing. There's rejoicing. This is a fun rejoicing time where they're really, they're excited about God's provision for them. And it's, it's interesting, just, you know, um, just interesting in the worship that actually we, we had a lot of that. that, that was, there was a lot of emphasis. Did you notice this morning? There's a lot of emphasis on, you know, yeah, we, we, some of us have come through some tough times at things, but you know what? Let's remember, let's rejoice in what God's done. Yeah? There was a, that was the sort of emphasis of what actually was coming through from the worship. And that's actually exactly what's happening here. They were remembering what God had done for them. It isn't hard to, to see the echoes for the, the uh, Nehemiah generation um, of their situation reflected. So they're sort of, you know, they'd been in captivity for 70 years, uh, then released back, you know. So there was lots of echoes of this for them when they looked at the children of Israel that was in captive in Egypt for all those hundreds of years and then kind of coming through to the promised land. It's a similar kind of thing that they were remembering They'd seen God's great provision for them too after a time of hardship and slavery. Um, and we, as I said, they, both passages end with joy. It's, I think it's important that we remember and rejoice in God's provision and his faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Tear it up there. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> it's a time to celebrate. Just... Um, Two nights ago, we celebrated uh, Raf's professorship. Okay, just through that. Okay, we were celebrating. Wow, you know, Raf has been with us, you know, for years and years. Actually, got to that point where he, you know, was honoured with a professorship. You know, that he's speaking all over the world, and uh, you know, as we heard, his book had kind of gone out. It's on his third publication, you know, it, it is influencing nations in a godly way, helping other nations to, um, uh, in terms of their cattle production, uh, that they would actually see good productivity and choose the right cattle for the right situation. I mean, a really, really important thing in terms of uh, world economy. And uh, here's somebody in our midst. And we were celebrating that together, and it was just a great celebratory time. Um, nearly four years ago now in this room, we celebrated 10 years of kings. 
you know, and that was exciting, wasn't it? And we boogied and we had fun <laughs> and, you know, it was like, yeah, look at the provision of God. Look at what God's done for us. Let's remember some of those people that, you know, and it, it was an exciting time. It's in, what I want to say is it's good to remember, okay? It is good to remember. Um, next Saturday night. Anne and I are going to be celebrating 60 years of life. <laughs> and we're going, to, we're going to party here with, with many of you. Uh, and we're going to celebrate, actually, you know, life and everything God's given us. Uh, and it's, that's going to be an, it's an important thing to celebrate um, today, as we've just done. We're celebrating, in many ways, the... Uh, the amazing sacrifice that men and women made in all the wars, uh, not only giving their life, but also many putting their life on the line um, in order that we might live in a country that's safe uh, and free from slavery, right? That's exactly what it was, you know, free from slavery. Uh, and we're celebrating that, uh, and, and it's right to do so. Uh, and as Dan led us, it's also right that we remember that it's God who gets the glory and it's all about his care and his providence for us. Um, and we did that. So that's, that's great. So, well, that's, that's great. Matthew, thank you for that. Uh, yep, remembering is good. Rejoicing in what God's done is good. And then we see in the Gospels, really, Jesus takes this and he just Spins it. So it kind of comes into something completely different. Okay? And he kind of turns it on its head. And we're going to look at that. Uh, because it's kind of radical. And it's in your face. Um, and we need to dive into John 7 to see that. So I'm just going to read the first bit of that. And after these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee. For he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now, the feast of the Jews, the Feast of Booths, remember that, was near. So they were celebrating the Feast of Booths. We know what the Feast of Booths is, don't we, now? Yeah. Um, and therefore, his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works, which you were doing. So we see that the guys thought that it would be a fantastic idea for Jesus to really show off his miraculous acts at this forthcoming festival of booze when hundreds, maybe even thousands of folk came into Judea to take part in this celebrated festival. However, Jesus declines and tells them to go ahead themselves because he knows that the religious authorities are looking out to grab him. Uh, and he basically goes along later on and turns up unannounced. Okay, this is where we pick it up again in verse 37. This is John 7, 37. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, now remember there'd been a lot of water pouring, okay? Remember I told you about that? All this water pouring, there's lots and lots of water pouring going on. Jesus stood and he cries out and he says, If anyone is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers 
of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So here we have, right in the middle of this feast, right at the, well, right at the end of the feast, uh, they, they've been celebrating for seven days. It's the last day. It could have been the seventh day. It could have been the eighth day. There seems to be this, this eighth day. It's a bit unclear. Um, and, but they would have gone through this thing. They would have done the booze thing. They would have done the water. They would have done the sacrificing of animals thing. And he speaks into that. And when he says, anyone who is thirsty... Everybody knows kind of why he's talking about thirsty because there's been so much water spilled out in, in part of that celebration. Okay, So he's talking into that. It's not just kind of like, oh, let me think about something new to say. He's talking into what's actually going on. They'd been taking the water from the pool of Siloam and ceremony pouring it out. And he raises his voice. If anyone's thirsty... And notice these three things. One, come to me and drink. Very clear things. Come to me. So if anyone's thirsty, come to me. It's an action. It's a command. It's like, if you're thirsty, you, you need to come to me. What does that say? <laughs> it actually says, that's not like, if you're thirsty... You know, you need to kind of follow through these kind of point A, point B, point C. You know, do these things in your life. Work them out. No, no. He's saying, no, no, you need to come to me. You need to come to me. If you're, if you're thirsty, you need to come to me. Uh, also, it's saying, I'm not, it's not like I'm coming to you. It's not like I'm kind of... I, I'm going to say, right, you need, to, you need to know me. No, no, he's saying, if you're thirsty, why don't you come to me? Why don't you come to me? There's an action point that they need to do. And secondly, he says, he who believes in me, this is what's going to happen to you, okay? He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being. So he's saying, those that believe in me, those that don't believe in me, you need to take up point one. <laughs> you need to come to me. Okay. Those that believe in me, three, there's going to be rivers of flowing water which will flow. Flow where? Flow, where will these rivers flow from? They've been seeing a lot of flowing going on. He's saying, no, no, actually, what I'm giving you, for those that believe in me, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give rivers of living water that are going to flow from your innermost being. From your innermost being. They're going to flow from your innermost being. And these waters are going to flow. You'd kind of expect him to say, if you believe in me, come to me, and I'm going to flow out of my being, is going to flow rivers of living water to you. 
You almost feel like that's what's going to be said. And he actually doesn't say that. He says, if you believe in me, there's going to be rivers flowing inside you, out of your innermost being. What's he talking about? Well, it tells us what he's talking about, because it goes on, verse 39, but this he spoke of the Spirit. That's what he's saying. That's what he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. But not yet at that moment, because he needed to go to the cross. He needed to be, to return to his Father. And at that point, the Spirit was going to be poured out on those that believe. Now then, let's look at this. I just love it. Suddenly, there's this party celebration. Focusing back 1,500 years, okay? Here they are, rejoicing in Judea, thinking back to 1,500 years when the people of Israel came out of Egypt and God provided for them in the desert. And suddenly, Jesus sort of stands up to the platform and rudely, kind of, rudely sort of just interjects like a sort of lightning rod. He, he, he says, in effect, yeah, it's great to reflect on God's earlier provisions and to remember those things. And we're like, yeah, let's remember those things. Isn't that good to remember those things? That's fantastic. But you know what? I'm here right now. I'm here right now. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, yeah, yeah, no, it's good, it's good to remember, but, but I'm here right now. And I am that provision for you. This is like now. I, I am your provision. Are you thirsty? I am your provision. Come to me. I am your provision. That's what he's saying. It's like, kind of, trying to think of it, an example of it. It's a bit like the whole kind of Olympic uh, ceremony, you know, and kind of all this kind of, you know, we remember this, we were kind of watching all that in London, uh, and, and then somebody getting up and just saying, does anybody really want to run? Like, what? Anybody really want to run? They need to come to me. And it's like, what? It's like, suddenly, it, it kind of earths this, this ceremony that they're remembering this event and rejoicing in God's provision, and suddenly Jesus is saying, I am that provision. He's saying, just as we've had today already, I am the bread of life. It's good to think about the manna in the desert. It's good to think about God's marvelous provision in the wilderness. But you know what? I'm your bread now. And I always will be. I am the light of the world. Are you in dark places right now? Are you, do you feel lost right now? Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world that shows you where to put your feet, where to turn, where to go. I light up. I am the light. I'm not just pointing to the light. I am the light. He's so bold. I love it. Do you not love that? <laughs> he's saying here, he's saying, are you thirsty? Then come to me and drink. He doesn't just point to the water. He's saying, I am the water. The very essence of what satisfies us and quenches our thirst. 
But we have to come. We have to make a move. We have to ask him to be involved in our lives. We have to make a step. Just like a child has to take steps in order to learn to walk. Actually, you can't just say, just, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Actually, there's got to be that point where they actually step out, step out and fall over. Step, they, they've got to take a step in order to learn, and they're taking a step. We have to take a step to saying, yeah, God, I do want to know you. But the interesting thing about this passage is that Jesus doesn't just leave it there. He doesn't just leave it at a point which is sort of where we think he's going to leave it, which is like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am kind of water that actually, if you're thirsty, come to me. We sort of think that's going to be it. But he doesn't leave it there. And he moves it on and he says, he promises that We will receive living water flowing from our innermost being. I'm told that this is the Spirit. He knew that actually, as he was going, leaving earth, okay, that he was going to leave those believers and us with his Holy Spirit. This is all about provision. They were celebrating provision in the desert. He was saying, I am that provision. But he's also saying this. He's saying, are you thirsty? Christians, those that know Jesus today, are you thirsty? Or are you just remembering a time when you were flowing in the depth of God? Are you thirsty? Because he's saying, you know what? I've got this thing for you, which is... The wonderful Holy Spirit. He is going to come and he is going to be with you and he is going to remain in you and he is going to flow in you and he's going to give you rivers of living water that is going to sustain you day after day after day. Yeah? He is constant provision flowing from within. I just love the way he flips these things. Okay, all these people have come. Their perception is that they've come to celebrate a feast. And Jesus turns it round. And he's saying, you know what? All these previous things, they pointed to me. All these previous times, they were great actions of my father, providing in the wilderness, providing provision you know what? They were pointing to me. They were actually, they were precursors to me. They were actually coming before me. But I'm the real deal. I'm the one that actually has come. And they were pointing to, I am the provision for the world in terms of providing sustenance and provision, hope when we're struggling when we're feeling lost and empty, Jesus is saying, I'm here right now. It's not just remembering something. This is like, I'm right here. I'm right now. Are you thirsty? 
come to me. Are you thirsty up there? Come to me. And that's what he's saying. We need to come to him. I want to say to you, are you feeling parched and dry today? He sent his Holy Spirit to flood you from within with all that you need. There's a time to bring to mind fond memories, but there's also times to actually come to him I love it, I've got my daughter here today, I love it when we have times and we remember family camping events. But you know what I really want as a dad? I don't want them just to live in these previous events, okay? <clears throat> I want them to have living experiences themselves with their own kids. I want them to have those things happening for them today in their life, not just to be living on some memories. And I, and I particularly want to speak to you today. If you, if you don't know Christ, okay, I'm going to come to you in a moment, but I actually want to talk to you if you're, if you're a Christian here and you know, yes, I, know, I do know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. And I want to speak to you today because I actually do think this is an important thing, and I think it's important that we respond. I think it's important that actually we, what, what Christ is saying here in this passage is don't just live on distant memories. Don't just hark back to times where you're saying, yeah, there was a time, I remember those times when I was really in the richness of God's streams for me. Yeah, they were great days. Jesus saying, don't settle for that. Don't settle for some photos, some memories over a, a campfire. Because <laughs> you know what? I died in order that you would have the provision now, today, of living water flowing in your life to anyone that believes, he says. I am giving you living water that's flowing. It's there. It's God's provision for you. For when you are feeling alone and empty and in need of sustenance, God's plan is to say, I'm bringing my Holy Spirit that not just a few people in the past in the Old Testament, just a few people received the Holy Spirit. Now, anyone that believes in Jesus Christ has this wonderful provision flowing, flowing, constantly flowing within them. Is that something you go, yeah, no, I do remember that, but it's not really flowing right now, Matthew. I want to say to you, don't just leave it there. Don't just leave it there today. Say, God, I really... You're right. I, 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 I'm convicted by this. And I want to get back to that place where I've got those flowing waters again in my life. 
and it has been, it has got a bit stale. It has got a bit dry riverbedish in my life and I want to see the flowing river again in my life. That is God's heart for you. That is God's heart for you. And I'm going to ask you to respond by putting your hands up on the count of three. And just right now, where you are, let's just, why don't you just close your eyes? Upstairs and down. And I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand as a sign that what you're actually saying is, you know what? Jesus, not me, Jesus who's seeing you, you're saying, God, that is true. And I want to respond today and say, God, come again and fill my life with a flow of your spirit in my life that refreshes me and gives me that excitement about life and about you. One, Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are thirsty. Two, he promises that all who believe will receive the Holy Spirit to flow freely from within. Three, why don't you put your hands up now, if that's you. Thank you. Just let your hands go up now and say, God, what you're doing by that, just keep them up and say, right now, what I'm saying is, God, I want more of your spirit right now. And I just recognize that I have got a little stale, a little dry. And I believe this word, that you have given this provision for everyone that knows you, to have this flow of spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. I pray for more of it, Lord. That's great. Just pop your hands down. I'm going to keep praying for you in a moment. I'm just going to just give an opportunity for anyone here who you've been hearing this and you're saying, you know what, I would love to respond to Jesus. I've never done that in my life. I've never made that step, Matthew, where I've actually said, you know what, I want to know you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond too. I believe that as you respond outwardly, by putting your hand up on the count of three, that God solidifies something in your heart. The scripture says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So on the count of three, if that's you and you're saying, I've never done this before, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to do that. One, Jesus loves you and gave his life for you. Two, he will be there always for you. Three, why don't you just pop your hand up now if that's you. Let's give that a little moment. We're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to worship God. Should we stand? Let's ask God to come and to fill us more with his spirit.